0: inciting violence, what Republicans need to do better in victim culture right now. This is the Alex Drome Show coming to you from the Liberty Lair. Today is Wednesday, April 17th. I'd like to apologize for the inconsistency that we've had with our shows lately. Aaron was just out of town and I've been kind of busy with school lately because finals are coming up next week, but it should settle down pretty soon. So just a couple headlines before we get started today. There was an Alabama committee that passed a bill banning abortions and would make killing unborn babies a felony. So that's some good news. And then Georgetown University students voted to have a mandatory reparations fee of $27.20 each semester to be paid to descendants of slaves. I talked about this last week and I honestly think it's kind of ridiculous that they're forcing these students to pay reparation fees for something they never did. Alright, let's get started. So most of you probably know the cathedral in France caught fire the other day. Ben Shapiro tweeted about the fire. He called it a monument to Western civilization and Judeo-Christian heritage. And this is relevant because he has his new book that's out about, about Western civilization. Talia Lavin, who was actually forced to resign from the New York Post after calling a wounded veteran a Nazi, wrote an article about Ben's tweet, and her headline of the article was, how the far-right spread politically convenient lies about the Notre Dame fire. And in the article, she somehow relates what Ben said to blaming Muslims for the fire, branding him as an Islamophobe, and insinuates that he is inciting terrorism. And then Ben, of course, rebuttaled her. And a large amount of people actually came to defend Ben Shapiro because they knew that she was just trying to smear him. And then she switched from being the attacking person, because she did, that's an attack on Ben and then she went to being to playing the victim and the leftists defending her said that the attacks were actually inciting violence against her criticism isn't inciting violence calling somebody out isn't inciting violence there seems to be a big misunderstanding of what inciting violence actually is especially from the left when president trump speaks there's a lot of times you hear the left say that that he has this hateful rhetoric and he brings violence to others like most recently there was some some guy obviously is a mentally unstable person, called Ilhan Omar's office, threatened her, threatened her workers. And the left kind of retaliated by saying that this was Trump's fault because of his criticisms criticisms of her and her anti-Semitism. But Trump or anybody else calling someone out for what they say or do or for their policy isn't inciting violence. Inciting violence is literally calling for someone to be harmed, kind of like some top Democratic officials and other Democratic other people that are democrats have done before so here's some videos of democrats inciting violence this is nancy pelosi in october of 2018. i, I think that, that we owe the american people to be there for them for, the, for their financial security respecting the dignity and worth of every person in our country and if there's some um, collateral damage Or some others who do not share our view. Well, so be it. But it shouldn't be our original purpose. So she's saying that there's going to be collateral damage because conservatives don't share your view, right? Now here's Maxine Waters in June 2018. And so let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant in a department store at a gasoline station you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere so the people who aren't these extreme leftists like maxine waters can't even live a peaceful life because they're all such terrible people. They can't even go have dinner. This Ted Cruz was at a restaurant with his wife, and he had to leave because there were people harassing him not too long after Maxine Waters said this. And now here's Eric Holder saying to kick conservatives. But Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No, no. When they go low, we kick them, and here's presidential candidate Cory Booker in July of 2018. And so before I end, that's my call to action here. Please don't just come here today and then go home, go to the hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. And also Hillary Clinton in October of 2018. You cannot be civil, a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. Also, Madonna said that she thought about blowing up the White House. First, of, okay, I get it that you don't like Trump and you want to kill him, But blowing up the White House would also probably kill other people, people that, you know, aren't President Trump, innocent people, even though Trump is an innocent person. How is that not inciting violence? Harvard law professor Lawrence Tribe said, if you're going to shoot him, you have to shoot to kill, talking about how Democrats are going to impeach Trump. How is that not inciting violence? How is that okay? And then Johnny Depp also joked about assassinating Trump. That's not okay either. So who's really the tolerant party here? Who is the party of peace? Who's the party of non-violence? Because it sure as hell isn't the Democrats. When you criticize AOC for putting out the Green New Deal, which is absolutely horrible, when you criticize Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib for being anti-Semites, that's not inciting any kind of violence. If Bernie Sanders says the billionaires are the bad guys, that doesn't mean he's saying to go out and kill all the billionaires. If he says to go out and kill all the billionaires, that's inciting violence. That's not speech. That's a call to action. There's a difference between what free speech is, like saying that Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib is an anti-Semite, but saying that you should go kill these people because of their views. That's inciting violence. That's a call to action. That's not free speech. That's punishable under the law. Before we go on to the next topic, here's a quick word from our sponsor. There is a new book out now called On Fire by G. Stone Johnson that I really enjoyed. It is a true-life adventure spanning a 30-year career of a firefighter paramedic. It is filled with more than 66 calls including house and condo fires, rescues, medical emergencies, gunshot wounds, and vehicle traumas. G-Stone Johnson was able to put you in his place to feel what it was really like to be a frontline first responder. He helps you experience what it feels, sounds, and even smells like being alone in a raging house fire. After a busy day of fires and rescues, finally return to the firehouse and laugh at the firehouse antics and all the pranks pulled on each other. Sit down with my brother and sister firefighters for a nice hot dinner when all of a sudden the alarm rings and we start again. This book is a must read for anyone interested in becoming a first responder or just interested in this topic in general. You can get On Fire on Amazon.com and on Kindle, but you must type On Fire by G. Stone Johnson. It's a really good read. Please go check it out now. Alright, so the next thing we're going to talk about is things that Republicans need to do better for the 2020 election. Democrats know that they can't beat Republicans on policy or idea. So what they do is they just promise free stuff and then they're going to pull the race card or whatever other victim card that they want to play. Republicans need to find a way to beat them regardless of these tactics. And one of the areas where Republicans don't do so well is with younger people, especially with the millennials and Gen Z. As a college student on an extremely liberal campus, I see this all the time. Every day in class, the students and the professors find ways to just constantly bash Trump, conservatives, and then promote socialism and all the other things that the left wants you to think that is good. Just the other day in my sociology class, we were talking about climate change, and my professor took the time to read parts of the Green New Deal, saying that it's not as crazy as the Republicans make it out to seem and the media is portraying it really badly. But when he read this, he conveniently forgot to leave out the elimination of cow farts and economic security for anyone unwilling to work. And there's never really any pushback from any of the students. And this is kind of something that I've been experiencing because as a conservative student on a liberal campus, it's really difficult for me because I want to be able to call out my professor and say that these things that he's saying are wrong and that he shouldn't be pushing these ideas. He should he should teach the subject and the material and leave it at that, but he shouldn't be pushing his ideas or what he thinks is right or wrong on the students. But when I'm in a class of 260 kids, and a majority of them were probably liberal, it's going to be really hard for me to actually call out my professor like that. And also, being a 22-year-old kid, who's, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the professor who's established, who's, who's a professor at a, at a high university like Ohio State, has the bachelor's degree, has the master's degree, or a 22-year-old kid who doesn't have a college degree yet because I'm in college right now? They're not going to believe me. They're going to go with what he has to say. And students will blatantly call out Trump like they think every single person in the class is an SJW liberal who thinks socialism is the best thing ever. And colleges are completely overrun by leftist people and are shutting down conservatives. And it's obvious that Republicans need to do a better job with the young people. And one of the ways to do that is to keep getting speakers like Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, who was actually just assaulted by, I think it was Antifa at a college in Missouri, Andrew Clavin and other conservative speakers on campus. Because when you have these leftists that preach these ideas of socialism, economic security for everybody, free 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 healthcare, free college, all these free things, they all sound so good. They sound being a progressive sounds like a good thing. But when you really break it down, it's not, but they're all too ignorant to either do the research on their own or they just want to they just want to go to the government like the government can give them what they want. But it's really difficult for most to get these speakers to, to these colleges because most colleges are the run by these left-leaning people that try to prohibit it, prohibit conservative speakers on campus. But with groups like Young Americans for Freedom, Young Americans for Liberty, Turning Point USA, more and more conservative speakers are actually having lectures on college campuses. I was able to see Ben Shapiro at Ohio State last November. Dinesh D'Azouza was just at Ohio State. And when Ben Shapiro came in November, there was serious doubt about it actually happening because of protesters and the university doesn't actually want to spend the money on security so that Ben can be there because diversity of race is so much more important than diversity of thought. And a little 5'8 Jewish man is so dangerous because of what he says. And another thing that Republicans need to do better is how they present their ideas. No matter what a Republican says, the left is going to smear them as a racist, homophobic bigot. So it makes it even more important to be more articulate with how they, they, they express their ideas. So when you take like, like abortion, the left screams that all we want to do is control women's bodies. We only care about the baby in the womb and not the kids in the foster houses, which isn't true. But they need to be able to brand that better. Democrats say Republicans are homophobes since most Republicans are religious and think that, that, honestly, that being gay is sinful. That we don't want a baker to be forced to bake a cake for a gay wedding. Whatever it is, but none of that actually means that conservatives or Republicans are homophobic or against gay people. Conservative ideas are about letting people live their own life how they see fit. Their ability to pursue life, liberty, and property. And Republicans want gay people to be able to do that. And they want people to be able to live their lives as they see fit. But we have this thing called the freedom of religion. So that we don't have to compromise our religion and be forced to bake a cake for a gay wedding. So if a Republican says they think homosexuality is a sin, it doesn't mean that they hate gay people. If they're pro-life, it doesn't mean that they hate women. If we want private, market-driven health care, that doesn't mean that we want people dying in the streets because we don't want Medicare for all. And this is kind of where I kind of stem away from the Republican Party and the, the, the so-called, they, they want to preach these conservative ideas. They want to have low taxes and low government spending, which they preach when they're not in office. But then when they get office, they kind of just abandon all that. But this is where you have these classical liberal ideas that I've talked about before, is that we are free people in a free society. We want you to live your life the way that you see fit as long as you're not depriving other people of their right to life, liberty, or property. The government isn't supposed to be in there making things right for you. And these are just things that Republicans aren't good at and they need to get better at that. They need to get their point across better so it's understandable and it doesn't sound like they're some kind of hateful bigot, because they're not. And this is what the left is going to continually do. They're going to keep pushing this motive that, that Republicans just don't care about anybody else, that they want to be involved in everyone's lives, that they are, are actually homophobic, bigots, racist who hate black people and hate women and hate minorities, which isn't true. But they're going to keep pushing that and pushing that. So this is where it's really important for Republicans to be able to say things the right way. And honestly, they don't really do that that often. Before we move on, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes by searching the Liberty or Death podcast on Instagram at Liberty or Death podcast and on Twitter at Liberty or Death P. Follow us to get updates on the show, news, and honestly, the best political memes out there. Alright, so this next topic is a little bit triggering, so just be ready for that. I want to talk about victim culture. And this isn't saying that people who are like committed, who have crimes committed against them, rape, assault, whatever, that not, they're not victims because they're obviously victims of horrible crimes. This isn't about that. This is about the idea that is driven from the left that your race or your gender or your religion or your economic status or whatever it is, that you're a victim because of it. Rashida Talib, Ilhan Omar, and ARC are huge in the victim culture movement. I don't know if you saw, but Ilhan Omar just talked about 9-11 as some people doing something, and then Rashida Tlaib was asked about it after a lot of people started to criticize Ilhan Omar. And this is what Tlaib had to say. I know that there's something else that has been on your mind and on a lot of folks' minds, and that is some comments and some, some backlash now to Congresswoman Ilhan Omar after some comments surfaced this week in which, and I want to play it, she said something about the 9-11 attacks. I want to talk about your reaction to the backlash and your reaction to the comment in two pieces. So here's that remark, Congresswoman. CARE was founded after 9-11. Because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. And it's that that phrase, people did something, that is being picked up on by some of the Congresswoman's critics, including, for example, the cover of the New York Post, which I will ask you about in a second. But on these remarks themselves, some people did something as a reference to 9-11. Do you think she should have rethought her words? Do you worry about the appropriateness of that? They do this all the time to us, especially women of color. They do that. They take our words out of context because they're afraid because we speak truth. We speak truth. So right there, she jumps to saying that people attack them because they're women of color. Sorry to break it to you, but no, they attack you because you guys are anti-Semites who put forward terrible policy and you think 9-11 was just some people doing something, not a group of people with an ideology that killed almost 3,000 people on that day. You're not a victim because of your gender or your race or any other defining characteristic. You're not a victim because you're a woman. Being a woman shouldn't be looked at as a disadvantage. Being black shouldn't be looked at as a disadvantage. But what the left does is all they, they just pull the race card or the gender card in literally any situation and then say that Republicans are sexist or racist. You live in the freest, richest, and most prosperous country in the history of the world. You are not oppressed. You are not a victim. Do you want to talk about oppression? A woman in Saudi Arabia was just jailed for one year for not wearing a hijab. Women are being raped in incredibly high numbers in the countries in the Middle East. If you live in the Middle East and you're part of the LGBT community, you can be jailed and sentenced to death just for being gay or lesbian or transgender or whatever else you want to identify as. There's full-blown slavery happening in these country. There's a genocide of Christians in the Middle East. So don't tell me that being a woman of color is so freaking bad in the United States and that everyone needs to feel so bad for you. In this country, everyone is equal under the law. There are no rights that are afforded to someone of a specific race or gender and not for another. And if you want to talk about oppression in the United States, look at the 300,000 plus babies Planned Parenthood kills every single year. Look at the babies in New York who have a greater, the black babies in New York who have a greater chance of being aborted than actually being born. These babies are literally ripped apart limb from limb, their skulls are crushed, and when the doctor sees a white fluid pour out, which is the baby's brain, then they did the abortion right. That's oppression. That's being a victim. Especially because they can't defend themselves. No, we don't tolerate or encourage rape or sexual assault as a society. If Brett Kavanaugh did what he was accused of, give him life. Castrate him, give him life. Do whatever you have to do. That is disgusting. It's the most horrible thing that could ever possibly happen. But every single accusation was uncorroborated and... Even the witnesses refuted what happened. So when you just believe all women, that's what happens. An innocent man is gonna be put on death row because that's just how we are as a society anymore. There's no, there's no due process. But no, I'm not okay with someone raping somebody. No, we don't want to control your body because we don't want babies being killed. Literally killed. These babies that can feel pain that are once again being ripped apart limb from limb. No, men aren't privileged over women. Men don't get paid more than women simply for the fact that they're women. This, the $0.79 cent wage gap is bullcrap. There's two studies. There's a controlled wage gap and the uncontrolled wage gap. The uncontrolled wage gap is what you hear from the left of the $0.79 cents on the dollar, or whatever the number is. And that, that statistic has no other factors in it. That doesn't take into consideration time worked, overtime worked, job choice, college major choice, anything else. And then there's the controlled wage gap, which actually takes into account Women leaving the workforce voluntarily to start a family, what they majored in, what job they have. And guess what? The wage gap shrinks to 99 cents on the dollar, that's within the margin of error. So women could actually even make more money. America was built on the idea that we are a free people in a free society. We have the freedom to pursue what we want in our lives and how we see fit, as long as we don't deprive others of their life, liberty, or property. If you were born without the same benefits as someone else, that doesn't mean that you're oppressed. You would be oppressed if the system kept you there, but the system doesn't. The system here gives you the power to take control of your life and become what you want it to be. If women and minorities really were so oppressed in the United States, then Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib wouldn't have been elected to Congress by the people. If you lived in those countries like Saudi Arabia and in the Middle East, you wouldn't be where you are right now. You would actually be oppressed. If you were to take off your hijab, you would probably go to jail. Just because you think your genitals make you entitled doesn't mean that you are. You're free, so stop whining. And that's all for today. Aaron and I will be back on the show Friday morning at 8 a.m. on the Liberty or Death podcast. Remember to follow us on social media. Please like and share the show. We want to get our ideas out there. We want to get our content out there. And we'll see you back here Friday morning. Thanks for listening.